Susan Shee. I am young American girl from North Brooklyn District of New York province. Our illegitimate government has been unable to stock stores with basic necessities. Our elections are sham and ongoing despite the quarantine order. We are proud people, we Americans. We share many values with our hardworking brothers in People's Republic of China. We yearn to be, taste freedom. Please, President Xi, send your forces to liberate my people. <laughs> <laughs> Never in the history of the world have the merchants of obscenity had available to them the modern facilities for disseminating this filth. Disseminating this filth. The onslaught of the communist masters of deceit. Pinko. Kama. Sluts. So that was the <laughs> Oliver Twist version of that? Uh, please. I mean, I don't know, man. My inspiration was the Yugoslavia bulldozer revolution. Thank you very much. Uh, great first six minutes. Uh, Bunny, will you introduce us? Yes, yeah. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to Pinko Kami Sluts. Uh, we're in the quarantine remote. now. Yeah, we're remote. We're all in our own pods. Uh, did any of you guys watch The Circle? No, this this reference is for no one who's actually on this podcast. But Are we like Voltron, where we each have our own leg? Yes. Or like the Power Rangers, where we each turn into a robot animal that then can combine to make a bigger <laughs> robot. Okay, so guys, who's got coronavirus? Uh, we all do. <laughs> I'm, I feel okay. I'm just waiting to see. I am... Of the belief that I am uh, immune to all things, so it, it'll be a real fun one if I get it. Yeah, I got like pretty good like white dude energy where I just kind of assume everything's gonna just work itself out and it'll be fine because generally that assumption is always proven true in the past. What if coronavirus is just another way to describe how you feel under capitalism? Coronavirus knows no race or gender. All right, Joe Biden. Or LG. We're at war with the virus. It we're is war. No, we're not. Well, that's the thing about it. Um, and I commented earlier today. I'm not saying I didn't maybe steal this from a more popular Twitter account on love Twitter, but I commented earlier today that two days ago, a man should have shown up to my apartment and said, hey, you're getting drafted to work at the new hospital bed factory we just opened. Show up tomorrow at 9 a.m. And I would have to do that or go to jail as a traitor uh, to our country against this great war. Um, there should be a great patriotic war mobilization against the coronavirus. We should be uh, every goddamn concert venue and especially the Brooklyn Bowl should have been turned back <laughs> into the factory that it was before gentrification and should just be pumping out hand sanitizer like no end. And we should have these like 30 buck an hour uh, factory jobs that you're forced to work at. Uh, that should be the thing that happens. 
You mean millionaires shouldn't be suing people for 3D printing their own solutions? They should not. No, we should actually introduce more communism. Those companies should be, they should be parody killed, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I guess coronavirus, I want to, it's been a fun week to kind of still think you were a Democrat, you know? (laughs) Yeah, was there an election uh, on Tuesday? Uh, I have no idea. I, I didn't know. I didn't love it. The polls weren't quarantined. Yeah, uh, well, what I believe happened is um, the young people who give a shit stayed home <laughs> to protect these elderly motherfuckers who were like, we're going to kill them. Uh, I don't know. Will not. This will be horribly offensive in six months but would it be funny if they all die before november and then like i think that'd be hilarious biden would just kind of like eat past trump on like a general basis yeah i mean the real fact of the matter is every previous primary in this season i have been on every like real clear politics 538, I've been on all that shit, looking desperately as the polls come in. And this time, I didn't even bother, because I'm worried about the fact that I'm not going to work anymore, and that's weird. Yeah. And I feel like if I, of all people who actually does give a shit about these primaries, did not even like bother to look at the primaries as they came in, people who are more marginal don't like they won't show up to vote. It's an absolute shame. Well, I think there's a an assumption that the primaries are sort of over. Yeah, because the mainstream media keeps saying it essentially over and over again. And now they're not in the news at all because, again, we're in a nationwide lockdown. <laughs> like, yeah. And more people are talking about that. Like for me, I forgot there even was a primary. Usually I'm really excited about it. I check the results and yeah. it's like, oh, there's a primary. Well, three uh, states canceled. Ohio, yeah. what was the other ones? Uh, Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. And I think Georgia or Georgia's in a week. But I know, but uh, Florida, Illinois, and Arizona all did theirs. But, and- but- Tons of people didn't show up to run the polls, so it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. Some of them no, didn't even have voting no rules. No legitimacy. That can be well, well, I see the primary has been done since everyone else dropped out on Super Tuesday. Yeah, but at the very least, you still had to talk about the primaries, but now we're all talking about how it's literally zombie land. Even if the primaries were like quote-unquote, by the nerds competitive, we wouldn't be talking about them because everyone's more concerned about the fact that all their jobs have closed. And Speaking of which, how's everybody's jobs doing? Well, I'm uh, I'm working from home at my day job, but all of my no more comedy for a year, it looks like. I mean, like, that's... My job's been pushed back till April 1st. Now, there is talk that because I'm a bartender, you might be able to get a grant from the National Bartending Financial Aid place. They they have an application you can put in and possibly get some money for it, but that's kind of shaky. Yeah. Application. 
Yeah, they said that they're doing very slowly because of the high amount. Yeah, of course, because fucking... Fuck, we're all going to die. Yeah, all this sort of means testing and apply for this grant and fucking whatever bullshit that's being proposed is all ridiculous in any context, you know? And, like, not one fucking billionaire has done shit. I just want to point out to... Jack Ma? Well, yeah, not one American billionaire uh, or even one who just lives here. Elon Musk... Fucking dipshit. Um, yeah, no, he's done nothing. And, like, even from a, a perfectly, like, good PR standpoint... Exactly. If you're, you're a pretty opportunist. Yeah, yeah be, you're an be, opportunist. But be an opportunist that does some material good, you fuck. Like, I don't know why all rich people don't go, like, crazy with the power they could have just changing people's lives with very small amounts of money to them like w- like you built a little kid sub for people in another country yeah, yeah. and like i mean he didn't but like yeah you said he did. could you at least say well he did say today if we're running low on respirators they will start making them and then everybody are, of course make them now just tweet it back yeah i you retweet that tweet back at him well it's happening. I did tweet that, you yeah. know, actually. <laughs> yeah. I said several people. I wasn't the only one, obviously. Okay. Prior to these primaries, I will go on record and say I very much uh, overestimated the chances of Cory Booker uh, because I remember Cory Booker as the mayor of Newark, and he knew how to do all of this shit. I remember uh, 2010, 2011, I think, there was a snowstorm like that just took out the Northeast slash Mid Atlantic, and like Cory Booker was just tweeting the entire fucking time, pictures of him digging snow out of fucking constituents' driveways. People would tweet, "Hey, Corey, I'm like snowed in or whatever," and Corey would be like, "Give me your address on DMs," and then you'd see another tweet like fucking 20 minutes later from this dude just saying, like, Cory Booker showed up in my house. Cory Booker knew how to do that bullshit. Yeah. And and as a result, I thought he'd do better in the primaries. But, like, Elon Musk should be that guy. At the very least, I should be complaining that Elon Musk is hitting home runs and he doesn't deserve them. Instead, I'm complaining that Elon Musk is too fucking stupid to know how to hit. And also, the Republicans are doing laughs around the Democrats oh, on God, this yes, issue. They are. They oh, are, it's gross. Yeah. They are just doing laughs around the corporate Democrats, and it is fucking infuriating. It's infuriating, um, but I want to big ups, of course, our boy Bernie. But uh, Maxine Waters' proposals, pretty encompassing. But all the other Democrats uh, are obsessed with means testing in this time, which is just going to be murder. Means testing is murder. And I, like, cannot believe that they think it is even feasible to process any type of means testing for millions of people Right now, literally, who is working in the offices that normally take these applications and then decides what to do with the application? 
I put in for unemployment. I'm sure some people are working from home. Yeah, sure. And we all joke about how, like, the lines of the DMV are long. How fucking long are the lines of the unemployment office when the unemployment office is closed and everyone's working from home? All my friends are losing their job. Like, all my friends are losing their jobs. Getting back to how our job situation... By the way, my job is popping off. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm humble brag. Uh, people are. Uh, it turns out the pharmaceutical delivery industry is like going gangbuster right now. Who knew uh, drugs were so popular? Yeah, I'm a professional drug dealer, and people want that shit. And I am. Yeah, no, like medicine is like really. I am like having my best week ever. I, I might get a bonus from this week. That's that's how good my week is going. Well, good for you. Steve is literally (laughs) the character from Death Stranding. I'm pretty sure I haven't actually played the game. But, you know, he's basically delivering medicine across the wasteland right now. Speaking of means testing. Kamala Harris, $500. Yeah. It's like the Democrats are like, how can we whittle this down? And for a family, family, not even a person. A family also, should be pointed out that wasn't even a like corona response. That was a bill she had just in the back burner that she's now like yeah. kind of like oh it would yeah, no. which to be fair, like so would like Medicare for all, like yeah, like Bernie gets to say like, Oh hey, by the way, Medicare for all, which I've been saying for years, would help. With this, it's like, yeah, she had this dumb fucking bill on the back burner, she's saying like Oh, it would help now. It's not a corona response bill. It's no, it's a it's just it's just a shitty UBI thing. Like yeah. and I wanna point out her tweet said up to five hundred dollars per family. Per working family. Who knows what working family working is family. versus not a working family or not a family but a worker or what up to $500 means. There's like a shitty cardiologist that are doing a lot of work very quietly in that sense. Okay, have you guys been watching uh, Governor Cuomo daily updates about this? Because it is hilarious. Um, Well, guys, I didn't realize that Governor Cuomo and uh, Chris Cuomo were brothers until the... Did you see them? They were uh, on. Second. He he was on Chris Cuomo, and then they got into a fight about who is mom's favorite. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, yeah, and then they he, do that cute shit all the time. I was like, "I I didn't know this." No, uh, no, for the record, I also remember not knowing that, and then learning that and feeling like you know, it's like well, they look alike. It's like they when really you realize for the first time that the Beatles is spelled differently than the insect is, and it's actually a pun. And, like, people go, oh, shit, I didn't know that. And it's like, you feel like you should have. But I was watching Cuomo give an update. I think it was the first day of the curfew, which I think was Tuesday or Monday. It was, like, 45 minutes long. And he goes, yo, Gino or whoever it was, get me a beer. And then he's like, you know what? You know what? The bars are going to close at 8 o'clock. Get me two beers. <laughs> Does anyone remember Bloomberg during Sandy? Um, no, what happened? Every, like, passive-aggressive, nebbishy do thing, like, you can think of, he was just, like, doing, like, 
well, you know, I uh, suggested that people, like, they don't go outside. And just today, earlier, someone was walking outside by Central Park. It was very lovely. <laughs> but then a branch, which was hanging loose, fell on him, cracked his head open. He's dead now. And, you know, you know, the mayor's office was saying that maybe uh, going outside, not such a good idea at this time. Some people ignore that. One person ignored that. He's dead now. So, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, it was great. That was, like, my favorite Not thing about quite as funny as Christy. <laughs> remember during, my, during Hurricane Sandy, not anything he did, but just what he said and the way he said it um, is my favorite bloomer. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I you know what? Now this is time to talk about this. Tulsi. Tulsi. <laughs> Aloha. Also, Tulsi and Yang, like, like, fuck everyone who ever liked those people. You're all fucking stupid and I'm smart. Yeah, no, You're like, all so stupid and not smart. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. A, 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 a massive goodbye to all of our Yang gang and Tulsi head listeners. I... I Still got the word. Like people, yeah, no, like Marianne's the one person who has integrity. Yes, was that exact outsider individual who wasn't Bernie, but had a message to spread, and she actually believed in that message. And like, I liked her in the debate. Yes, she was great. It was wonderful. But like Tulsi and Yang, anyone who ever fell for their fucking grift. I'm sorry. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care about bringing Yang people over. I, I, I never thought that was a possible demographic. They were always fucking useless. And Marianne Williamson, a cult member who sold a cult <laughs> book. I, love I disavow death. that statement. I love her to death, but like, that's a not the least accurate thing in the world way to describe her has more integrity than either of them. I have well, to, yeah. I have to take credit for introducing Marla to Mariana Williamson because I watched her interview on CNN. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Like way before the primary started, I'm like, this is my this is my second choice, Marlo. You gotta watch this yeah, woman. Yeah, and I remember him describing it. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And I was like, she's, she's not a she's not a socialist, but she's a social democrat, and all she does is say awesome things about yeah, spirits. Department of Peace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah like I'm a hundred percent. Look for her. Like she actually endorsed Bernie at the end of the day. She's actually not giving this who can best defeat Trump bullshit. She actually believes in what the fuck she's saying. I might think like she has sort of shallow ideas about certain things, but I believe her. I, I think she is a shit. I've never thought that Gabbard or Yang gave a flying fuck. And the idea that they were the principled outsiders has always been worship. Has Warren endorsed anybody at this no. point? No. No, she's not going to. It's good. She's pushing the halt or forgive student debt during the crisis thing, which I'm like, great, but... <laughs> Asking people about prisons. Well, yeah, it's not going to, you know, 
Like, it's going to help her people, the professional managerial class of people whose biggest struggle is that they have these high student loan payments, which are terrible and suck. But right now, uh, come on, give us your money. It's literally the most logical, simple solution to it. And the fact that the we have so-called leaders who are still resistant is hilariously callous. Uh, it's, they're still holding out that some miracle is going to happen. Everything's going to go back to normal in 10 days and someone's going to cut uh, a big profit here or some shit, you know? Look, it's okay to think about maybe keeping a list of these people. <laughs> Tulsi was... A complete fucking failure from the beginning. Who did she speak to? Who she had one really good debate, and that was one of the first ones. She 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 spoke to uh, crazy people, also Mike Crazy, and yeah, that's true. And also that uh, Uh, thing I sent. He's not taking it well, guys. He's not doing well. You know my problem, and it's good thing that Rick's not here, but um. (laughs) <laughs> the Kyle Kalinsky, Mike Tracy wing of the party, which believes that the Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore, that the left has overextended itself by being both too far to the left uh, socially while pushing for leftist economic policies. And their solution to this is that we should maintain semi-social democratic reforms while pushing a socially conservative agenda to get the what they project the yokels on board with this in order to win the fanciful middle of the country that they believe in there's also the aspect that they're not even that far to the left so economically like which is their like trying selling point of like oh class reductionism we you know, okay, if you're transphobic but you believe in Medicare for all, come on board because we can separate those issues because what the fuck is Mark's say? Yeah, they're just kind of conservative and they're not even that interesting. Conservative. Yeah, no, it, it is this idea that you have to make deals with the socially conservative wing of the party in order to push quote-unquote progressive legislation no through. Yeah. Barely left politics through a very socially conservative country because they believe it to be socially conservative. And that's all bullshit. That's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And that was Tulsi's entire thing. Like, Well, I mean, that was the also the tweet I shared on the group chat earlier. Um, it was basically like, this is what happens when you oppose capitalism, but you don't have anything that you can, like, feel comfortable enough to believe in. And you think that, you know, Marxists are too dogmatic and the, like, rose emoji Tumblr lefts are too woke. So you continuously just don't actually push for anything and you just criticize, criticize, criticize and become a contrarian. Mike Tracy, the contrarian's contrarian. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he's not Mike, He's not doing well with this whole thing. Marlo and I both personally know Mike Tracy. Knew him at some point. At, at some point. Um, Mike Tracy, for those that don't know. Mike Tracy. You might have seen him on Twitter or that time Maxine Waters beat him up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember that guy? I remember the greatest um, weekend of my life. Stephen woke me up in my room. 
to tell me that happened. And it took about an hour of me being on Facebook and Twitter and like realizing the gravity of it. And that was amazing. What's his most recent tweet? All right, I have one of Mike Tracy's tweets here. I know it's hard for some people to believe, but Tulsi's present vote and frequent appearances on Fox News were never evidence of her being a secret Republican or Trump supporter. Rather, she consistently declared her commitment to defeating Trump. Pundits choose to ignore this. Oh, wow. What a cogent analysis. Well, that's the thing with Tulsi Gabbard is... She said... She's the green day of the Democrats. She's like, no. <laughs> she's even got a cool hair stripe, right? You know? Like she, she's punk in many quotes. <laughs> At the end of the day, she's a boring fucking Democrat, and the entire mystique about her is purely conjecture and like marketing. There's nothing special about her. There isn't. Oh, wait a second. She is hot. Okay. <laughs> she serves. Okay, yeah. She does She does surfing not- and exercise videos. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like how my favorite... Also, she looks like she'd like choke you out with her thighs. Okay. Like, and people, people like that. I'm just saying. My favorite <laughs> senator in high school was Patrick Leahy. Um, because he's a senator from Vermont who's really into the Grateful Dead. And... He has in his Senate office just a fucking library of tape dead shows. At the same time, he voted for various uh, Disney-sponsored bills about copywriting that would punish the very tapers who tape the shows he has in his Senate offices. And that's Tulsi Gabbard, but just for, like, fucking insane people. Like, she's not special. She's just a fucking boring goddamn Democrat. I would call her a centrist, but that's me. <laughs> well, her her big claim to fame was, was endorsing Bernie in 2016. And she did do that. She, she quit the DNC and endorsed Bernie and got, like, mad street props because she was a woman of color that... Uh, Opposed Hillary. Opposed Hillary. And just on those superficial things alone, got a lot of props as a progressive candidate. Then people started looking into her and found some things they didn't like that she then defended for the rest of her fucking campaign, along with Mike Tracy, who, uh, like, sepakooed himself because... like somebody called her a Russian asset and that someone was Hillary goddamn Clinton. Which is also stupid. <laughs> Hillary shouldn't have called her that because, again, she's a boring fucking Democrat. She's not even interesting enough to destroy the Democratic Party. And despite her attractiveness, like, levels that one might project upon her. <laughs> oh, are you saying you wouldn't hit it? Is that an official statement here? <laughs> I am remaining Switzerland on this issue, but I will say... Patrick Leahy is a tall drink of man. <laughs> I will not go on record and say I watched any of her exercise videos. But you are aware... But I am aware. You are aware they exist. I am aware that they exist. <laughs> she is the most, levels. She is one of the most uncharismatic people on that stage. 
in the debate. <laughs> and that is, oh, she's saying, only- that is saying a lot. Like, even Andrew fucking Yang, with all of his gesturing, had more fucking char- charisma Ed than Walker. his yeah. middle management, no no tie, math pin man at a projector screen while on a debate stage had more <laughs> charisma than Tulsi Gabbard, who was like somebody took a Xanax and decided to say mean things about Kamala Harris. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> More compared to Tulsi, she's the Dennis Kucinich uh, from the four oh, election. Wait a second. Dennis Kucinich had that really hot redhead wife. Oh, yeah, no, he still does. And, like, we all <laughs> joke about Dennis Kucinich. I, 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 mean, I like how I'm introducing all of these characters things. from a Midsummer's Night Dream. And, like, Dennis <laughs> Kucinich is Puck, and then, like, his wife happens to be the tall, hot elf from Midsummer's Dream. I don't actually know that shit. They're fairies, excuse me. Yeah, and elf and fairy was used interchangeably at the time. I do know about uh, the history of uh, North. Not in Midsummer Night's Dream, my friend. All right, whatever. It is, it's specific. Well, hey, I'm the English major here. You're the theater major, and you're the political theorist, and Matt's the Bart. What was your major, Matt? It was... Nutrition. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Professional managerial class in the works with our college degrees. Yeah, well, Matt's definitely the most parole of the group. No! Oh. I'm the delivery boy of the pharmaceutical industry. Oh, yeah. Actually... Okay, let me read. I am the essential. You have a job right now. I'm the I'm the people that are at the front of the whatever thing is that you put in front of the incoming. The front line. Yeah. The front line. Well, I was gonna say like that way that you line up the army. So to the phalanx. No, the phalanx. The phalanx. The phalanx. Yeah, you should have just gone with front line because me and Buddy are gonna geek out of that. That's wrong. <laughs> Are we done with Tulsi and Yang? Yeah. Yang is on CNN just being sad well, he didn't endorse Bernie. Well, no, they, before no, we move well, on, okay, so I do Yang want... tweet, I just want to real quick say I understand what Yang was saying. It's stupid, but I get what he was saying because what he was saying was I wish I could have endorsed Bernie because I was going to endorse whoever was the Democratic nominee. He, would say, he wasn't saying, like, I wish I would have endorsed Bernie because I should have endorsed Bernie instead of Biden. He was saying that I was going to endorse whoever the Democratic nominee was, and I wish that was Bernie, but it wasn't. Well, That's I don't know, sad. because uh, the Orb Gang, Orb Gang update... We did contact Andrew Yang's future self. We delivered a message to Andrew Yang that he should uh, he should have endorsed Bernie and he will regret it forever. And, you know, I think uh, I think he does regret it in more than just the, oh, if only he were the nominee. I don't because, again, I don't think Andrew Yang was at all interesting. I think he was a entrepreneur who had a vanity political uh, campaign like he's elon musk if elon musk was less successful at being elon musk so he had to have a vanity political project to be elon musk that's all he is 
he's the Silicon Valley representative. I don't think he regret. Yeah, he doesn't regret a goddamn thing. He, he got a job prefer, at CNN. Yeah, he would prefer mm-hmm. Trump not be the president, but in the meantime, he's just going to be a anti-Trumper on CNN who will just sit there and give the anti-Trump perspective. Will well, he still plug the of course, he thinks he invented it yeah. himself, and, and and he's taking credit for any suggestion of direct aid right now. It's pathetic, you know. Like he's not the first person to suggest direct aid. In fact, uh, lots of people in have fact, been saying for like a long far, time. Far right people in were, fact, were yeah, the ones that invented uh, direct aid. Mises and uh, Hayek. Yeah, that was Hayek's baby. Hayek, if you don't know, was classic Chicago school, Austrian school economist who was taken on by the Reagan campaign, generally uh, given credit for inventing Reaganomics. And then on the more dark side, he's given credit for being one of the quote-unquote Chicago boys. This is the historic term, look it up for the uh, economic advisors who came on Pinochet's regime. Pinochet, um, that famous fascist dictator. Right, yes. Um, disappeared many people. Um, Threw communists out of helicopters. Yeah, that's where that meme comes from. But he was one of the, Hayek was one of the people who was brought on to advise the Pinochet regime on how to do their economics. It's often called the Chilean miracle. Other subsequent looks at it have said that it actually wasn't that much of a miracle. Terrible right-wing ideologue. Didn't originally, but very much latched on to UBI as a solution. UBI is not inherently leftist, and it is, in fact, absent of bigger context of leftist ideas, it can be a very right-wing reactionary policy. It's not unusual for right-wing ideologues to take their weird, restrictive, social conservative beliefs and wrap it up in something that is some form of material improvement for whatever people they're trying to sway. Not unlike, you know what, gangs or cartels do when they when they want to win over a community but not all direct aid is in that area and a lot of when i talk about direct aid i'm usually talking about how i am not a fan of most philanthropy because it's a scam um liberal communism and if if an individual wealthy person wants to help, they should engage in some kind of direct aid. They should pay someone's thing. They should just give somebody in need money and let that person decide what to do with it because that is the best way to help people. That's like proven. That's not even actually something that it's just pie in the sky, beautiful dreaming. It's actually the most logical approach. And in the light of what's going on right now, it is super the simplest, most logical approach to band-aiding right now, along with of course freezing rents, etc. Well, so forth. That's how like uh like Romney was the first one to propose a thousand dollars. Yes, yes, Romney. Yeah. Yes. I think UBI might be a good 
thing at the moment. Sure. But, like, it's got to come from the left. And it also has to come with rent freeze. Like, rent freeze first. I would much prefer rent freeze before UBI. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, because Absolutely. you... It should be a plan and it should be something that incentivizes that people don't endanger themselves and others uh, during this time. And it's not smart to like allow these loopholes, essentially, even in places where they've tried to be like, oh, no, non-essential businesses can be open. Like I have a friend who lives in Pennsylvania and GameStop is like, no, we're not closing. We're essential. GameStop, they, you know, they're asking their employees to come in for fucking what? What could it be? What is it in Pennsylvania? Seven twenty-five an hour? Fucking, you know, you can't trust the businesses. It's all I'm saying. So I'd rather right now see more things directly safeguarding most people, which would well, be what we should also be doing is utilizing our vacant houses, vacant. Buildings in New York City just house people. Oh, Get hell people yeah. Those streets. people in California uh, commandeered yeah. those empty homes. And fuck <laughs> yeah. Like, it's time to do that stuff. Well, also what we should really do. I agree that GameStop is an essential business. But Shut it, up! <laughs> it should be treated as... Uh, you can do that online now. There should be... We should give these <laughs> workers, make them direct government employees. No! What? No. <laughs> Nationalized GameStop. Give them special, we should also give them special training to treat the coronavirus and be able to cure it. All right, should, you need to battle Matt Christman on this. Here's, no, here's my thing. I think that, I, I agree with the Bernie Sanders idea of using the post office as a bank. I agree with turning certain aspects into infrastructural uses. And I think GameStop should be a part of that. I think that the distribution of entertainment products during this time is an essential thing. And I think these people should be treated like the heroes uh, they are. GameStop employees are great groups. And what They're braver than focus the is making GameStop heroes. I should have a poster of a GameStop hero on my wall right now. If you can't sell Nintendo, I'm putting my my face mask over my mouth. Selling Nintendo switches to the people of Jersey City so they can play Animal Crossing uh, through these trying times. They should be treated like heroes. I do not think GameStop should force them to continue working. I think this is why we need to nationalize GameStop and make these people the heroes that they deserve to be. Oh, yeah. On my game show last year, I put this behind a SpongeBob club. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm in a SpongeBob. I mean, yeah, there's that one episode where SpongeBob advocates for workers' rights. Right, right. Well, the Squidward, uh, the gentle worker, shall be oppressed no longer. Yeah, like, <laughs> the International was written at a time where, like, internationalism was a quintessential part of the workers' rights. <laughs> and... Um, it wasn't a national anthem to the Soviet Union because defending the workers' state was not communism. 
being a worker first and a member of a country second was an essential idea of Marxism. Orb gang, astral plane, anything is possible. Maybe we're downloading crystalline bodies. That's my update from the people who believe Well, we are this holding Tulsi aliens. in a matrix. We are holding Tulsi in the matrix. She's in an egg, okay? We've put her in an egg where she can harm none. Actually, an interesting fact about the Orb gang online is they were never for Tulsi. Uh, they always had a bad vibe about her. And I just think it goes to show... Orb gangs are a real psychic entity so, out here. Uh, not um, only is Marianne Williamson the only of those outsider candidates to actually have integrity, her fan base also the only fan base of those outsider candidates to have integrity. Oh, it's absolutely like the response from people who've been swarmed by the orb gang is always like, oh, my goodness, this is pleasant. Like, <laughs> because it's just it's just a lot of people being like, take only. my energy. Yeah. Good vibes only. Take these orbs. May you harm none is like the harshest thing that a uh, Marianne supporter will say. Um, and it's honestly it's weirdly effective. Like, I've seen a lot of people who were kind of, when Marianne was still actually in the race, I've seen a lot of people who were really dismissive and, like, smug and condescending about Marianne sort of soften up towards her because of this response from the Orb gang online. I wouldn't have figured uh, it was possible that any kind of, like not hokey sort of kindness would even be translatable on the internet, but Orb Gang did. Yeah, anyway, this discussion yeah. about the Orb Gang does feed into my thesis that we will never talk about Hunters. <laughs> hunters. Um, Marlo just finished it. First thoughts, Marlo. Okay, so my general thesis. Number one, Jordan Peele doesn't know how to play chess. Number two, Avakovner was correct. Number three, is this how black people felt about Django? I want to know. Number four, <laughs> literally you could figure out this ending by thinking about what the dumbest fucking creative decision one can make would be and assuming that the writers just went with that. And those are my general thesis on uh, Hunters. You read that from Facebook and you can go to on Facebook to go find not because no one knows who I am. I'm just some bleep it out. Bleep it out. Yeah. Anyway, so on number one, Jordan Peterson does not know how to play chess. <laughs> Jordan Peele or Peterson? Jordan Peele. Sorry. You know Jordan Peterson. You know Jordan Peterson is, is dead. Jordan you know. Peterson does not know how to play chess. Jordan Peterson might know how to play chess. I don't know. I don't know. He has not in all his young yet bullshit like compared something to a chess thing. And I find that surprising. Uh, Jordan Peele, however, also doesn't know how to play chess. Uh, and Bunny, I was going to actually bring to your apartment a chessboard tonight. <laughs> Within uh, the world of chess in media, 
there are many tropes that we come across regularly and you can laugh at them, but like whatever, they're normal tropes. In Hunters, they invent whole new tropes to have about chess that I didn't think was possible. I didn't think it was possible to mention the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> I told you that was going to happen. Yeah. Okay, so Steve is my fellow chess nerd on this. Uh, I told you that they were going to make a metaphor about the Queen's Gambit that would anger you, that I was watching it. <laughs> I was watching it, and I thought Marlo's going to be so angry about this. Right, like, okay, so most chess in movies, it's like, you define your smart character because he's good at chess. And, you know, there's they're playing a game, and, like, the smart, the main dude who's your dude goes, like, oh, checkmate. And then the other guy goes, what? I didn't know about that. And that's the thing, and, like, you know, if you know how chess works, doesn't work that way. Most people who play chess can see a checkmate coming. It's a thing you look for in the game. No one's surprised about a checkmate. But we understand from movies that's a common chess trick. You never have in a a movie that has chess in it someone say the Queen's Gambit, which is a thing. It's a thing in chess. It's an opening in chess. And then make a metaphor about that. But the metaphor relies on an understanding of the Queen's Gambit that is not at all related to what the Queen's Gambit remotely is in the game. I warned you about this. Yeah, and I was looking out for it, and I was not disappointed. It was the craziest goddamn thing I ever heard. You know, I think they portray chess in Hunters, but also other media. They portray chess the same way they do football sometimes, where they'll be like, yeah, this weird trick play is totally possible. You know, if you're not actually in the know about what, what the rules are, you might be someone who thought you could do that in football. I'm not speaking about myself and assumptions I made based on movies as a child. But okay, I, okay, so the uh, line that I'm discussing is this. The Queen's Gambit. It's a strategy the masters use. You attack from the very first move, <laughs> advance your queen, put constant pressure on your opponent until the full. Plus, it only really works if your opponent makes a mistake. Every fucking thing that that just said does not describe the queen's gamut at all (laughs) okay it's more it's an opening it's not a strategy but normies don't know that difference so fine call it a strategy the masters use everyone fucking uses it it's the most common fucking opening off d4 it is it's so common that it's never called the queen's gambit it's called QGA or QGD, and by that I mean it's called QGD. Nobody does QDA. Yeah, it's given an acronym of Queen's Gambit Accepted or Queen's Gambit Declined. Everyone plays Declined. It's called QGD. No one even calls it the Queen's Gambit. Shout out to Jan Gustafsson. Yeah, it's just the QGD. You Nazis. But I have a- you Nazis. attack from the very first move. He's you do Nazi. not attack from the very first move. You advance your queen. You do not advance your queen in the Queen's Gambit. It's called the Queen's Gambit because the pawn in front of your queen moves. But the queen doesn't fucking move. 
Implication, though, and I will push back on this a little bit, is that the idea of the Queen's Gambit is to open up the Queen's side to allow the Queen more attacking space. Sure. Which could be what they were referencing, even though I don't think they That's were. That's extremely generous, but okay. I'm extremely generous with these metaphors about chess. Right, yeah, okay, I can see that. You put constant pressure on your opponent until they fold. I would no, argue... King's Gambit. No, yeah, exactly. The Queen's Gambit is a very passive opening. It's a very safe what's called in chess terms, solid opening, where you keep your position tight, you keep that shit closed, you fucking maneuver around the back ranks, and you wait for your moment. It's not putting constant pressure on anything. And the last but not least, plus it only works if your opponent makes a mistake. Bullshit. It's the most tried and true opening off D4 that exists there is completely great opening. You don't need to hope your opponent makes. I want to just point out that Soviets were way better at chess than any. Oh other yeah, country. also communism is better chess. Yeah, better chess. But I agree with everything Marlo said because I taught Marlo how to play chess. Sure. Yeah. No, Steve gets the yeah. They, like well, okay. The chess- then there's the fool's mate, which is the other half of Hunter's chess we need to talk about. So I mentioned earlier, there's a trope in chess. That trope is the surprise checkmate. You're playing a game, and the main character, the scamp that he is, pulls off a checkmate against this other dude, and he's like, oh, no, I was tricked, and this guy is smart, and the audience should understand he's smart. In Hunters, that happens in the first episode. And Al Pacino says, checkmate? After two moves? In a very Jewish manner. Again, use Marlo's voices to the full advantages. Yeah. How do you get checkmate in two moves? <laughs> okay, I here's the like... thing. There's a way to get a checkmate in two moves. It's pretty rare, though. Exactly one way to get a checkmate in two moves. It's called a fool's mate. The reason it's called a fool's mate is because you must be a fool in order to get <laughs> fool's mate. Al Pacino's character is displayed not necessarily as a chess master, but as a person who has played chess before. He owns a chess set, a very decorative chess set, in his palatial fucking Jewish mansion in the Upper West Side. You get the idea he's played chess once or twice, and he opens literally with Steve... Is it like D4, F3? Uh, yeah, okay. FD3, E5, then G4, Queen. I haven't actually started. <laughs> Queen, H5, checkmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's playing white. Marlo just went over to the chessboard. F3. Wait, if you enjoyed this chess talk, add us on Twitter at Pinko Sluts with a Z. Hey, but don't forget about Pinko Steve. That's Steve, Pinko Steve, and I'm Bunny Themelis, which is my whole fucking name. Um, so check check the show notes. <laughs> Good luck with that. He was not. Marlo did not want to talk about hunters. He just wanted to talk about chess. <laughs> uh, I think it's readily apparent. <laughs> he was not 
fooled by a checkmate. He was fooled by the only two-move checkmate. Come. Sluts. Pinko. Pinko.